I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. If you're 21 years old and use nicotine or tobacco, I'm here to tell you about Black Buffalo and how it's redefining tradition for millions of adult consumers. So if you're over 21, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults aged 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. Mr. Jenkins told me. Mr. Jenkins told me. Mr. Jenkins told me to always make it easy for the customer. That's you. A live person will always be here to answer the phone. We're here till midnight, seven days a week. So you never have to take off work. And it's the same price as in the daytime. We're the ones you want to call. We're the ones you want to call. We're the ones you want to call. You're going to love these people. I guarantee it. Go to morrisjenkins.com. It's time for the Happy Half Hour with your friends Kristen Valboni, Miles Simmons, and Will Bryan. It's that time of the week. It's the Happy Half Hour podcast presented by Morris Jenkins. Oh, yes. Before we go any further, Mr. Jenkins told me his plumbers and AC techs secretly wear Panthers jerseys under their uniforms, Kristen. When your plumbing or air conditioning is acting up, you call Morris Jenkins or visit morrisjenkins.com. Well said, Miles. Well said. And just for anyone wondering what we were doing before the mics turned on, Miles was serenading us all this morning with some Elton John. Uh, are you expecting me to do that again? Because I'm, I'm just not. setting you up for it. If I you know, wanted to, I know I could have done it, but I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Look, take the I bait. can't persuade Miles from the. I'm in the booth of shame this week. Uh, I was running late, and Will, Will, this is on you. Let's get him to sing a little Elton John. I, I I don't know because I was insulted that I apparently changed the key on him. So yeah. now I I don't know that I want him to sing. Will we'll tried to join in, and Miles immediately said, "No, sir." <laughs> <laughs> when the key is set and the key is the right key, you don't change the key. All right. All right, let's talk a little. Yeah, (laughs) let's talk a little Panthers football. Uh, We saw game two on Sunday. Panthers went down to Tampa Bay, showed some fight in the second half after battling back. They were down 21 going into the locker room, came back to battle back within seven, but ultimately couldn't hold on. Panthers lost to the Bucks, 31 to 17. Uh, Let's just get our uh, initial thoughts and, and takeaways. Miles, where do you start with this one? Well, I think it starts with you go down 21 to nothing. And you had four giveaways, and three of them came from your quarterback. And so when that happens, it's always going to be hard to win. Now, credit the the Panthers' defense, I think, because they picked up two takeaways. So instead of a minus four turnover margin, you were only minus two. And when it's minus two, that makes it a little bit easier. But again, if you have four giveaways, I think that that really 
just sets you up in a bad position to try to win. So I think Matt Rule really summed things up pretty well about the first two weeks. And let's get to it right now in this week's Overheard. Do you hear something? Overheard. We have tremendous competitive toughness. Um, You know, I thought the first week, I thought we played well enough on offense to win. I thought this game, I thought we played well enough on defense to win. I'm not saying we played great on offense. I'm not saying we played great on defense, but, but well enough. And um, we just have to put a a total team effort together and um, uh, it's coming. It's on the way, you know, you see lots of positive things. You also see some things that have to get corrected. And as I said, you know, as I said last week in the middle of the week, to me, it's not about just winning or losing one game. I mean, I I die with every loss. I can promise you that. And I, I love to win. I know our guys do too, but we're just trying to build something and we're trying to build a way in which we do things. And um, so I love the fight. I love the moxie. I love the toughness. Now we have to, we have to understand that we're never going to turn the ball over four times and probably win. That's just not going to happen. And so um, those things have to get corrected and and we'll go back this week and it's just game three. And um, I think, you know, there's a lot, a lot lot to build on though. I think you look at both of these games and it almost felt like what was really good or pretty good in week one, you know, not a lot of not a lot of penalties, not a lot of turnovers, not a lot of mistakes, but you gave up all of these big chunk plays on first and second down. Yeah. And then it's like week two, you know, you you another hole kind of breaks in the dam, and all of a sudden you you have all these third and longs. That's exactly what we wanted. You know, you got to pin your ears back, go after the quarterback, and then you get what three or four penalties for first downs on third down on third and long. All of a sudden you have four turnovers after not having any in week one. So it kind of feels like. As a young team, you know, you, you kind of you, you fill this hole in the dam and then another hole breaks over there. And it's like, how do you keep just kind of having enough talent, having enough wherewithal to kind of put it all together? I mean, that's kind of what he was saying. But, you know, it, it's frustrating when it's like this little specific thing all of a sudden becomes a huge problem. Yeah, I think I completely agree. And I think that's a great analogy. And, and in that soundbite from Coach Rule, he said it as well. It's like, oh, the things we were targeting this week to fix – we worked on and we saw improvement, but then these things that we didn't think we had to worry about are now happening. And I think it's a product of, of being a young team, a team that hasn't gotten to have a preseason and a lot of people who are still, still figuring out how to play together. I think they can get there and they will figure it out, but I, I just think it's a hard time to have a whole new team. And uh, you know, it's hard to figure those things out when you're going up against Tom Brady. It's hard to do that, but it's also hard to figure things out when you're going up against as talented a front as uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have. Mm-hmm. That yeah. defense got after Teddy Bridgewater really well, and I thought Ndamukong Sue played. <laughs> Look, okay, I covered Ndamukong Sue's entire 2018 season with the Los Angeles Rams, and there was a distinct difference between playoff Sue and regular season Sue. He was playoff Sue on Sunday. And I thought that that was a little bit surprising just, you know, based on what I know about covering that guy and he was a load. He was a monster. He was really hard to stop on the interior and I think he also saw him get out there and he was really making high effort plays, making tackles um down the field. So when those kinds of things happen, you get the interior pressure that's overwhelming. Um, the exterior pressure that's overwhelming. You get your quarterback turning the ball over as Teddy Bridgewater was doing. I mean, that first interception was not good, man. That, that was 
I understand he's trying to get the ball above Jason Pierre-Paul and into the hands of McCaffrey, but that can't happen. He even said it. The ball got away from him. And then ball placement, man. That's really, really, really important for a QB. And what he did on that DJ Moore route was throw it low and behind. That can't happen. That's always going to lead to those interceptions on those in-breaking routes. So you have to have you have your quarterback has to play better. Everybody's got to play better, but your quarterback especially has to play better because Christian McCaffrey is going to be out for multiple weeks with a high ankle sprain. Absolutely, we want to. I want to get to that in just a second. But one thing I noticed uh, when it comes to that defense, there was so much emphasis on Tom Brady being able to hear your defensive checks at the line, and I saw it. I was down there. You could see it. You could hear it. You could hear him yelling, you know, 21's the mic, 54's the mic. You could see him adjusting on the fly and really picking apart that defense, and that's what he's great at. But, man, I tell you what, it was it was louder when the Bucks were on defense. The amount of checks that they were able to identify from the offense was just, I, I mean, the noise coming from that defense, the communication coming from that defense was just um, awesome, in my opinion. It's the first time I've been able to hear something that clearly because there were no fans in the stands. Um, and I was just incredibly impressed by the communication the Bucks had on both sides. They said it a lot on the broadcast, but all of the offseason was about Brady and Gronk and this Tampa Bay offense and, you know, all of that. But th- this Tampa Bay defense has been good. Like, yeah. they were good last year, and it was over overshadowed by their overall record. It was overshadowed by all the turnovers on offense. You know, they were pretty good last year, and they got better. And it it felt like, you know, no one was really talking about them. You know, like, no one was using them as, like, this is a team that's going to win by their defense. Not necessarily they're going to win because Brady's going to throw 400-something yards. Like, their defense is very good. Well, of all the weapons that the the Buccaneers supposedly have, I mean, Mike Evans was the one who was Mm -hmm. really making plays. He could not be stopped. Yeah, and I think it was interesting after that fumbled handoff between Brady and Jones, Jones barely even played in that game afterwards. They were like, Leonard Fournette, it's your turn. And he was the one who obviously got the big run at the end, 46 yards for that touchdown. So the, Brady's weapons, man, they kind of let him down a little bit. Mm-hmm. There were at least two touchdowns that were dropped, yes. basically in the end zone. Yep. Um, There's one, uh, who was that? Scotty Miller. That he was open and he dove for it. The ball was in his arms and it, it went right through him. And then Lashawn McCoy had the obvious one in the second half. But then there was also that one on the left sideline by the young kid whose name I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, hit him in the helmet. Yeah, it, it literally it doinked off his helmet and and went out of bounds. So. That's- Cyril Grayson? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Kristen. Um, so, look, the Buccaneers should improve as time goes on, but I think sort of what you see there is the difference between a unit that was mostly together last year and a unit that was not and has a new quarterback this year um, in between their defense and their offense. So, look, it, the, the Panthers, they're going to have a tough time competing in this division if they shoot themselves in the foot and have four giveaways um, and, 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 you know, and, and you play like that. Yeah, well, they'll get to see the Bucs uh, in Week 10 again for a little rematch. Uh, but, Miles, you said it. Talk about having a, a tough time. These next few weeks are not going to be made easier by Christian McCaffrey's high ankle sprain. The The timetable is four to six weeks. He said earlier this week when talking to the media that he views that as a personal challenge. He wants to be back a lot sooner. I mean, this is a guy who who just doesn't miss time, and I can't imagine what he's going through. And I, I want to say just credit to him for having that second his second touchdown of the game, that seven-yard touchdown in the fourth quarter to put the Panthers within seven because he had already sprained his ankle at that point. Yeah, if you, if you watch that play back, you can see he is 
that he's favoring one leg over the other a little bit as he starts running it. And that's only if you're really looking for it. Um, but anytime somebody is running it in on fourth and two and they've got a high ankle sprain, man, that's 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 tough. Gutting it out, you know, it's a really just it's a strong performance by him. And that's that's who Christian McCaffrey is. I think we all know that. But yeah, it's it's going to be tough for the Panthers without the person that their offense is built around, right? Like that's who Christian McCaffrey is for this team, and it's who he should be after we've all seen what he's been able to do in the league in his first couple of seasons. I mean, you look at that fourth quarter and you look at all of those pass attempts by Teddy Bridgewater, you know, and I wonder if this offense is going to start to look a lot more like that. You know, I don't know. You know, all of a sudden, do you see more Curtis Samuel had four runs? Are you going to see more of Curtis Samuel in the backfield? You know, are they going to do the types of runs they've been doing for Mike Davis with, with Christian? You know, like what's the pass run you know, yeah. differential going to be going to be looking like now. We don't really know. I mean, we'll, I mean, obviously, I think Joe Brady's offense will kind of be a part of what defense he's facing and what they're giving, what they're taking away. But it, it you're not going to necessarily have those breakaway type runs from Mike Davis. I think Mike Davis can get you seven, eight yards, and you know, really move the move the pile. But I don't know that Davis is going to bust through the line on the opposite thirty and go seventy yards and run past the safety. Yeah. The way that McCaffrey did like five times last year, you know that big playability may not be there with Mike, but I think, I, I think there's some. He saw some flashes of some really good things. Coach said this week, you know, he's an NFL running back. Yeah, I mean, he's an NFL guy that they feel confident in. So you know, we'll see more of him obviously in the next couple of weeks. I um, I mean, there's only one Christian McCaffrey, right? That's why he was the highest paid running back in NFL history when he got his uh, new contract. But I was impressed what Mike Davis did when his number got called um, at the end of that game. I mean, he they he helped them move the ball down the field. And, I, I you know, you can't imagine that Christian McCaffrey is going to go out because he's he's never <laughs> he's never, he never been injured. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, he never does. Um, so I was really impressed, and it was kind of funny. Christian McCaffrey ended up leaving the field with about, I think it was like a minute 30 left in the game. And he was going into the tunnel. He had been out there uh, the rest of the game, but he was going into the tunnel and Mike Davis broke off a run, and he turned around, and it was like a kid who's been told to go to bedtime and then, like, wants to stay up just a little bit longer to see the ending of the movie. <laughs> he turned around and was, like, watching the big board, and, you know, you could tell he was rooting for Mike Davis. And, I don't know, just a, a cool moment. He seems like a really, really, really good teammate, and that's why yeah. he got voted in as a captain. And, you know, he had that little statement at the beginning mm-hmm. of yeah. his press conference on Monday and basically was saying that, look— the team may be 0-2, still a good team. The sky is not falling. We need to stay the course, even if I'm not going to be there. So, look, that's that's what you want out of a captain. I asked Matt Rule about that. I said, what did that mean to you to hear him say that before he spoke about himself at all and his injury? And he said, I think it's incredibly important for our captains to have that mentality and to, you know, for the team to hear that message and, you know, I think it meant a lot to him. Uh, so I, I thought that was really cool. And I do think we've seen Christian McCaffrey's growth as a leader this year. Miles, as you said, being voted a captain. I think he's really taken that on and wanted to take that on because it's it's weird. He's so young himself, but this is a really, really young team. Mm-hmm. And um, he's going to have a chance to to show that leadership now, you know, in this position. And I'm sure it's going to be I, – I remember I used to work for Mike and Mike at ESPN, and, and Mike Golick always used to say, recovering from an injury is the loneliest time. 
And Mm -hmm. I think that we'll get to see. I know he's going to be here in the building every day, but I imagine this must be, you know, a tough time for someone who's who's at the top of his game. And I just thought it was really cool that the first thing he said to anyone was that I believe in this team and I like the culture that we're building here and then addressed his injury. All right, Will, let's uh, let's move on to hopefully a happier topic. I don't know because I don't know what your stat is going to be, but nevertheless, it is time for Will's stats of the week because you got more than one, right? Yeah, so this week I have a three-in-one stat of the week because I couldn't just pare it down to one, so it's three stats in one stat. 60% of the time, it works every time. Stat of the week. So, Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, and Mike Davis. We've talked a little bit about Mike already, but all three of them had at least eight catches. Most of Mike's came in the fourth quarter. It was the first time in Panthers history that three players had at least eight receptions in a game. First time ever. Of course, the Falcons did it in week one, which (laughs) is saying something about Carolina's history of prolific receivers. But let me give you one quick stat about all three of those guys. Robbie Anderson now ranks fourth in the NFL with 223 receiving yards, and his catch rate of 83.3% ranks fourth among all those with at least 15 receptions. DJ Moore recorded his sixth 100-yard receiving game on Sunday. He's now third in franchise history in 100-yard receiving yards, receiving games. Third behind Steve Smith and Moose Muhammad. With how many? Six. Okay. It's I a think young franchise. That's again. That's what a, a, a stat about this wide receivers in the history of the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, but I mean, like, okay, I, I hear you, but also, I mean, like, it's, it's a young franchise. Okay. And then seven of Mike Davis's eight receptions came in the fourth quarter, which tied for the most fourth quarter receptions in a game by a Panther ever. Hmm. Joe Brady. Changing the way the Panthers approach offense. Also kind of probably means you're losing if you're getting that many receptions in the fourth quarter by the running back. I'm just I'm just stats are stats. Yes, they are. I I'm I'm putting it into further context. Don't worry, everyone on Twitter is gonna say this to me later today. I I not to be the the you know black fly in the Chardonnay or death row pardon two minutes too late. Is this Alanis Morissette reference? Boom! Now? Isn't it ironic? <laughs> uh um Traffic. sorry. Jam. No, no, when none of it's ironic. Late. None of it's ironic. It's yes, no. All of it sucks. Old. It just sucks. Yeah. All of it sucks. <laughs> They're sucky things. They're not irony. A no smoking sign on your cigarette break. Ten thousand. No, it spoons sucks. When all you need is a knife. Yeah, what's that's how just did that, stupid. How did that happen? All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> great album though. Jagged Little Pill. Oh, it's anyway. a fantastic album. Anyway, I did just want to give everyone an update um, on the road trip. Will, you mentioned it last week. You asked, you were like, hey, aren't you guys going down on a bus? We did. Uh, it was more of a van, but uh, the radio crew took a uh, executive van, I think is the term, down oh. to Tampa to, to call the game. There are about five of us and our drivers. Uh, we switched off at certain points. It was called a relay. Uh, ask me for more uh, van trip information if you need it later. Um, and it was a lot of fun. It was ten and a half hours down there, all told, and then ten and a half hours back. But it was actually a lot of fun. I'm not going to lie. Ten and a half hours. Yeah. How much? But did it was you a drive? smooth ride. Uh, no, we had a drive. We had a rented an executive miles. When you have an executive van. You got a driver. Oh, okay. So there were there were multiple drivers. You said you yes. said we switched off driving. Sorry, I didn't they switched off. They had to adhere to okay. a certain I don't know hour. So what is what is the difference between just a van and an executive van? First of all, you have drivers. Well, thanks, Will. That's really about I wasn't. The, that's I was, really about the only. Difference. Honestly, I wasn't asking him. 
kind of had like seats on, like two seats on one side, one seat on another, two seats on one side. Oh, one so side. it's like a, it's like the thing you take to a rental car facility. Uh, not not quite as big, but yeah, it okay. was like thirteen. Did you have seats. TVs in there? It did not work. We had one TV. Oh. It did not work. So was it like a Sprinter van? Kind of. All right. Yeah, I'm just trying to I'm trying to paint a picture it's for like the a audience as well as myself. Van. With, right. with a non-working television. Correct. Okay, that's rough. But who needs a television when you have Mick Mixon, the voice of the Carolina Panthers? I, I can you give us like a, one story that is radio appropriate? Oh, there's none non-radio appropriate. <laughs> um, we were all doing. It was funny. We all got in the van on the way back, and we all had our separate radio hits. You know, after the game. People say, can you call into this show or that show, whether it's the Panthers postgame show or WFNZ. And uh, we were all doing our own separate radio hits, like three feet away from each other. So, Did you hear the other one? Oh, while yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jim Zoki over there on on, uh, on the radio with WFNZ. Man. Yeah. It was fun. It was a really good time, and I was really glad that we got to go down there, especially in, in this age. I mean, truly. To get to to travel to an away game is something that not a lot of radio crews are getting to do. So it yeah. was it was well worth it. And you won't get to this week. That's right. That's right. I will uh, be here for for the LA game. Uh, we're going to talk about that game in just a second. But right now, let's take a quick break. Mr. Jenkins told me. Mr. Jenkins told me. Mr. Jenkins told me to always make it easy for the customer. That's you. A live person will always be here to answer the phone. We're here till midnight, seven days a week. So you never have to take off work. And it's the same price as in the daytime. We're the ones you want to call. We're the ones you want to call. We're the ones you want to call. You're going to love these people. I guarantee it. Go to MorrisJenkins.com. All right, let's talk about week three. We are on to L.A. We got the Chargers. Don't know who the quarterback is going to be at this point. Justin Herbert, Miles, I Thought he looked really, really good, um, especially for not knowing he was going to start until, I think, warm-ups because yeah. of Tyrod Taylor, unfortunately, having breathing issues. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. You hear some guys talk about this, and sometimes it's almost better to not know that you're going to get your first start mm-hmm. until right up mm. until kickoff because you don't have time to get nervous. So uh, that kind of maybe is what happened there. But I, I understand why Anthony Lynn said – you know, if Tyrod Taylor is 100% and if he's healthy, he's still the starter. Because there were some things in that game, as impressive as the stat line looks from Justin Herbert, I watched the game back, and I see some places where, yes, he still looks like a rookie. But the raw arm talent is absolutely there. I mean, he flicks that wrist, and that ball zings out of there, man. He's got really good velocity. He's got to work a little bit on the accuracy. And, and knowing when... Uh, to quote Kenny Rogers, hold him, fold him, walk away, and when to run, right? Like so, and that comes with more playing experience. But I think, from the standpoint of raw arm talent, does he have the tools? Yes. It's just a matter of can he can he get there um, in terms of knowing everything that you need to know to really be a successful starting quarterback in this league. I mean, I think it's a question of when, not if. Yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah. I mean, it, and these are you see these playing out every year. You know, you see this, you know, kind of a rookie quarterback come in. You have. You know, the veteran that's there, the veteran starts, the veteran's the guy, he's the guy. We're, you know, like, he's not the guy. I mean, <laughs> let, let's be real. Like, Herbert's eventually the guy. It's just, is the Herbert the guy in week three or is the guy in week 14? You know, it, it's a, it, you know, and I'm not saying, taking anything away from Tyrod Taylor. It's just that, you know, he was a backup last year. You know, they drafted Herbert six overall. Yeah. They're trying to see what they have, but Herbert's the future. 
in, in their minds. And so it's a matter of, of when and, and how that develops. So it could be again this week. And then, you know, all it takes is that that win for the rookie. And all of a sudden it's like, well, he's the guy now. Um, you know, I, I, I wonder if they had won that game against the Chiefs, whether that post games, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know how that goes. I, I think one of the things that Herbert didn't do as well is get the ball to the wide receivers. Now, Tyrod Taylor is not the most accurate passer to the outside either. But you look at the game that they played against the Cincinnati Bengals, Mike Williams, a huge, huge part of that. And Mike Williams is a really good young wide receiver. Um, but he had four receptions for a nice 69 yards against the Cincinnati Bengals. And then that goes down to two receptions for 14 yards. Not so nice. Yeah, against <laughs> Kansas City. So, look, Williams is good. He's young. Like I said, he's been hurt a little bit in earlier on in his career. But he's a guy that averaged 20.4 yards per mm-hmm. reception in 2019. He is a deep threat. He's an outside threat. And when you only get the ball to him two times for 14 yards, that's what I think Anthony Lynn is talking about where he says there were some things that we didn't get to that are in our offense, um, and that's what they really need to do. And he couldn't convert. You know, They, they had a fourth or a, a first down inside the, the 15 or inside the 10. And they settled for a field goal, which you know allowed Kansas City to come back and, and tie the game. So yeah, I mean, being able to to get it in the end zone there at the end, you know, had an interception that that was costly as well. So, um, you know, obviously you you, you got to see for what you get from him. But for fantasy people, you know, everyone knows about Austin Eckler after his mm-hmm. big season last year. You know, is a consensus kind of top fifteen pick in the first round. But this guy Joshua Kelly, the the rookie running back out of UCLA, he's going to be a name that Panther fans are going to hear a good bit on Sunday too. He's pretty yeah. much been um, been splitting splitting targets. I mean, he had twenty three attempts. Um, rushing versus Eckler 16 on on Sunday. So he's getting the ball even more out of the backfield, and he he can catch it as well. He had uh, two catches for 49 yards. So, I mean, he's he's going to be a threat that that um, the Panthers are going to have to to game plan for. And then on the other side of the ball, you got that D-line, which, I mean, gave Patrick Mahomes a lot of trouble for, for most of the game. It, Bosa, Ingram. I think the the good thing is that Pat Meyer, uh, our offensive line coach, Panthers offensive line coach, was with the Chargers until last year. The bad thing is that those guys are <laughs> one of the best fronts in the entire league. And look, I was trying to. I was starting yep. off with the positive. I, yep. I know. Here, here I am, Mr. Miles Rainy Cloud. Here, look. Th- <laughs> this is Miles gonna, Rainy, Rainy Cloud. Cloud Miles. I know. I, these are the things that I come up with off the top of my head. But if you look at what happened last week. And we always talk about this. Pressure with four is what gets the best quarterbacks off of their game. Yeah. If they, if the pressure is coming, then that is what's going to be able to help your defense. That's bad news bears for 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 this Carolina Panthers offense. Based on what you saw last week, that's not good. I, I'm, uh, frankly, look, they there's going you have to have a much better plan and execution of that plan for pass protection this week. Mm-hmm. It, it, it has to be better because if Teddy Bridgewater is running for his life like Patrick Mahomes was last week, I mean, it seemed like almost every play they were getting pressure on Mahomes. Yeah. And look, that's a divisional opponent for those guys, so they know each other very, very well. But you get Joey Bosa coming off one side, he's getting seven, eight pressures. You get Ingram on the other side, he's getting a bunch of pressures. Artillery, their defensive tackle, he was a high pick uh, and I believe 2019, he's getting a lot of pressure. Linvald Joseph, big guy, played for the Minnesota Vikings for a number of years. He can stuff you um, at the line with, with – he can stuff two guys at the line because that's the kind of defensive tackle he is. 
it, it's a really, really challenging front. Gus Bradley does a great job with those guys, and it's going to be a really big challenge for the Panthers because, look, the quick passing game has got to be on because you're not going to be able to just sit back there and pat the ball and have a cup of coffee. Who's sitting back there and patting the ball and having a cup of coffee? Tom Brady was last week. <laughs> I just like that. I just like that expression. Uh, so, <laughs> unfortunately, we will not be making – well, did you just do it? Yeah, I just, try, I just tried to pat the ball while drinking my cup of coffee. It didn't look, like it. It didn't it's, look good. It's, it's a, I'm glad we're on radio. Oh, yeah, me too. It looked good. It looked good. I can confirm. Um, so we are not going to be able to to make this trip out to L.A. with the uh, very limited traveling parties that all teams are employing. Um, but, Miles, we can take a little trip down memory lane. Will had a great idea. Uh, what are our best and worst things about L.A. since we both lived there? Um, I'll start. I'll let you go first, and I'm guessing you're going to start with worst. Uh, yeah, sure. I'll start with worst. Uh, worst is obviously traffic. Yeah, I that's mean, such an easy yeah. one to it, say. It is. It's an easy one to say. And when you move out there, it, it's the thing that everybody starts talking to you about. It's like the only bad thing you can say. About right. It, How about that traffic? Southern California. Some people say that. Yeah. Yes. Oh, no, they do. It, it's <laughs> either traffic or weather. Mm. On the 10s, as they say in radio, right? No, but they, they talk about, it like, you, you're be, you'll be at practice. And I was like, oh, man, it took me so long to get up the 405 today. I couldn't believe how long it took. But, I, you know, it's just the way traffic is out here. But, oh, my gosh, this weather. Can you believe the weather? Isn't the weather great? Because when you just move out there, that's what they always talk to you about. Yeah, I would say my worst is, I'm not going to say just traffic, but there's really not a lot of bad things to say about L.A., at least from my time there. I will say that if you ordered food, say you were going to get a pizza, and it started to drizzle. All of a sudden, your pizza was, you know, it might have been delivered in 15, 20 minutes. It's, it's an hour and a half. Yeah, the <laughs> people just are so not used to rain there. Yeah. What? It's just a, wow. you would be shocked oh, yeah, by how much the traffic backs up. Oh. And you also would have people, this was before everyone was working from home, like if there was just a little bit of drizzle, they'd be like, I'm not braving that traffic today. I'm working yeah. from home. I mean, it's, are you serious? Yeah, yes. 100%. Wow. People can't drive from Well, you got to think about it. I mean, it rains maybe, what, 15 to 30 days out of the year there? Yeah. Oh, my God. If that. So people have no clue how to drive in the rain. It's like if it snows, probably here, where I assume yeah, people don't exactly. really know how yeah. to drive in yep. the snow. Where in Cleveland, where I come from, we know how to drive in all the elements. But uh, they, they, people just don't know how to do it. So that huh. is, it, it really messes things up when it rains. All right, Miles, what's your best? Uh, my best, uh, there's a burrito place in Santa Monica on 14th and Olympic. It's called Tacos Por Favor. I, is, I lived near there, and I never went to Tacos Por Favor. Uh, Did you ever go God, to Cha-Cha Chris, Chicken? I don't think I ever went to Cha-Cha oh, Chicken. Well, that's right. we'll, we'll talk about that after this. We must over, have to. But it's, but, uh, yeah, it's the, the best. Tacos Por Favor is the best carne asada burrito I've ever had in my life. And when I go to L.A., usually, and if I haven't been there for a while, uh, that's usually the first place where I go. I will stop there. Like, I, when I went there a couple years ago, this is just before the Rams were moving, and I had spent some time in L.A. before. Um, that's why I knew where it was. But I got off the plane, hopped off a plane at LAX with a dream in my cardigans of going to Tacos Por Favor, and that was the first place I went in my rental car. Your own personal party in the USA. It was. Uh, my, I think my best thing about LA is... It's just such a beautiful place. I lived in Santa Monica, and it, you know, you got the ocean on one side, palm trees, and you got the mountains on the other. It's just mm. absolutely stunning. And and I met a lot of my best friends there. And one of them is still living there, one of my maids of honor. And I, I know it's been hard for everybody out in L.A. with all of the air quality in addition mm-hmm. to COVID. So certainly sending good vibes to everybody out there. 
Um, this is the Happy Half Hour podcast presented by Morris Jenkins. Miles, take it away. Well, Kristen, Mr. Jenkins told me that he loves football and he looks forward to this show all week. When your plumbing or air conditioning is acting up, call Morris Jenkins or visit morrisjenkins.com. All right, it is time for our weird question of the week. Will, do you want to do the honors? Yeah. I feel bad reading it because it's such a great question from you. Yeah, so obviously all of these fines got handed down the last couple of days, like especially after Monday Night Football, these fines for not wearing masks. $100,000. For these coaches. That's a big fine. You know, so I thought, what are we getting fined for? What would the NFL be fining us for over these past couple of weeks? And I guess I'll go ahead and start. Okay. Um, I'm getting fined for wearing my mask and eating Doritos under it near Amy while watching the game. Our social media manager extraordinary. Yeah. Yes. Apparently it's now become a thing that when you the game— You don't even have to say near anyone. That's just—does your mask smell like Doritos? No, I mean, I, I pulled them <laughs> down to put the, the thing—but I'm trying to be safe, you know, so— Okay. But I do it. I do it near enough to where she hears it, and I did it very loudly because they all got very mad at me and they were very stressed on on Sunday. And Miles Miles saw that. He's being a petulant child. Hey, okay. Is the sound made worse or louder by the mask? I'm confused. Why? I think it's it's muffled a little bit. I'm mostly saying that I'm wearing a mask in order to. Do you not have be Dorito fined. dust on your mask? Yeah. <laughs> no, but he, that the, is commitment to not being fined. The problem is just there's the definitely crunching. stuff on the inside. Ew. The, yeah. the problem oh. is the crunching in people. Maybe for ear. later. Oh, <laughs> you're gonna fine for that, man. Yep, I that's I I call myself out. Did, I find it. You did call yourself out. I'll call myself out too. My uh, NFL fine would be this week. I put on sunscreen, but apparently not enough, which I guess is a rookie mistake because I was out in the operational zone, row one of last week's game from say 9:30 a.m. to four uh, five something, whenever the game ended. And guys, I have. Um, a bright red forehead, and um, my cheeks and nose are red, and then there's no sunburn where my mask was. So I've got like a, I've got like a, <laughs> a mask, mask sun, a mask sunburn, and then I also have a credential sunburn on my arm. I was like, I wasn't wearing a watch, but I had to wear a certain credential. <laughs> so, real rookie mistake. I'll go ahead and um, accept that fine. Um, all right, what's going to be Miles's fine? I don't know. What I'm getting fined for. I've been like, I've honestly, I've been thinking about this since uh, Will. Oh, and you just are perfect. No, I'm not perfect. Nobody's perfect. Do you want it, Miles? Do I want what? The Word fine. on the street is that my uh, Will I has have a, a fine, fine for, for you. you. Oh yeah, no, that good. I'm Goodell. I'm handing down your fine. Please do. My fine for Miles is so while we're all watching the game like this, Kristen, you'll see this this next week. We're all kind of we're up in the press box, uh, socially distant tables. Um, I'm at Miles's table and. Like our social media team, obviously, like during the game, there's so many things happening for them. So they're always kind of like looking at their computers, looking at, you know, replies, looking at what's going on. And then they try to look up, you know, as much as they can to actually see what's happening. So Miles is, Miles and I are kind of in the role of making sure everyone knows what's going on mm-hmm. in like in the game. And but Miles also is following on social media a lot more than most of us are. He's very tuned into everything that's happening with like all of these other teams. And so all of a sudden he's like, Oh no. Oh wait, no. Oh my God. Calling out other games. Yes. He was calling out other things that he saw on Twitter. And Amy's like, what happened? Yeah. Touchdown. What? It's like, Oh my God. It's like, what? And then we look up and it was like a run for three yards. 
and <laughs> and it's just like miles, miles. You can't do that. You can't exclaim loudly when the Rams do something that you just saw on Twitter. Okay, first of all, I I don't recall that happening, so I apologize. Um, I will be more cognizant of those things in the future. And yes, I deserve to be fined for that. But I I really don't recall what you're talking about. I mean, it was just <laughs> random exclamations for things that came through his Twitter feed, and everyone's looking around like, what happened? What happened? Because we're all like very much on edge the entire time. I don't. I really don't remember doing that. Wow. I remember exclaiming like I will exclaim like you what, exclaim a lot. I, I do like I. I say bad words when I think things are bad that are happening like um, what during the game. Matt would have Matt play. I'll give Beep. you the words. If Matt, you give me Beep. that SpongeBob music again, right? Um, but uh, yeah, I I I will be more cognizant of that in the future. I'm sorry. Everyone's just a little on edge up there. I, mean, I know everybody's on edge. Yeah, but I did. I you could find me for this. I did tell Will to calm down at one point. Oh wow! I just really? want to say I just I don't remember that. I feel <laughs> oh, yeah. I feel for Amy and Angela, our amazing social team, because between the two of you, we got someone eating Doritos under a mask, another person shouting out false alarms, and meanwhile they're putting out incredible content. So guys, oh. No, it, it was it. I don't. There was a penalty. Will thought something, one thing had happened, and it turned out that it was a penalty. The ball was coming back, and I was like, "Well, calm down." And then Amy goes, "Ooh, spicy!" Oh, oh yeah, that? that's yeah. right. I do remember that. Will. And then, and then I went and oh, got some spicy chips to eat next year. <laughs> sounds sounds about right. We've been recording for about a year and a half. Me and you. That's the loudest I've ever heard you get easily. When oh, you were, sorry. <laughs> no, it's not a problem. I just have never heard did, you. Did get I that break loud. it? No, you're good. Okay. I've just never heard you that excited <laughs> about something. You were ready to jump on Miles. A little inside baseball there. I like <laughs> it. I can't wait to see what happens this week. All right, we are all taking our fines. We're going to leave it right here on this week's edition of the Happy Half Hour Podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.